Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Have you heard the one about Ole and Lena? Uh-oh. Ole <laughs> is getting ready to celebrate his 50th anniversary. What are you going to do for your anniversary, Sven says. Ole says, well, for the 20th, I took Lena to Norway. Sven says, that's nice. So what are you going to do to top that? And Ole replies, I think I'll go pick her up. <laughs> Come on. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you like it? I like the accents. The accents really made I don't, it. I don't know how I did on the accents. I mean, really. Your sister lives in Norway. You should know how yes, I, I did yes, on the accents. Yes, she does. Well, that's why I really thought, thought that was special. Um, that, ladies and gentlemen, is my introduction to John Bow, the author of a brand new book, I Have Something to Say. Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, Michael. I like How'd I do? I the joke a lot. Y- how did it play when you heard it for the first time? I thought it was brilliant. Did you? I heard it from an old Norwegian woman, so she had it down. <laughs> so the deal is that John is an acclaimed 
author, journalist, writer, who gets wrapped up with Toastmasters, actually moves, right? You moved to to, uh, to Minnesota. I sure did. Uh, so that you could become embedded in the Toastmaster community, or at least one chapter. Tell me why. What led to that? Well, it was a long chain of events. I never set out to be a self-help book writer or even write about this subject, but I discovered it while interviewing somebody else who told me that their life had been saved by Toastmasters. So I started researching them, and really it was about two years later, three years later, that I realized I had to join them to find out how to write about them. In other words, that was step-cousin Bill? That was step-cousin Bill, the recluse, the family recluse who had been in the basement until the age of 59 and had never kissed anyone, never had any friends, nothing, and then he gets married at the age of 59. So for another project, I interviewed him about that, and I really wanted to know, how did you get out of that kind of isolation? And I fully expected it to be something psychiatric, you know. I dealt with my childhood. Yeah, I got therapy, meds. meds. And he said, nope, I joined the Toastmasters Club. It really taught me how to relate to people. So, you know, fast forward about two or three years, and I'm moving my family to Minneapolis to join Toastmasters there. So I, I had no familiarity with Toastmasters before I read your book. I, I'm sure I'd heard of it. And if you, if you said to me, well, what do you think this is about? I would have mistakenly said it's, it's a group that teaches one another how to give a, a good after-dinner toast or maybe even a speech. But it's now I appreciate it's really much, much more than learning how to deliver public remarks. It's about connectivity. Is that a fair way to say it? I think that's perfect. I think that's utterly true. I mean, your description of the group is totally accurate, but what people don't know is how much more it is. So by learning to give a speech to people, learning how to speak to them, whether you're doing a sales presentation or even writing an email, you have to learn how to figure them out and think about them and stop thinking about yourself for a minute, which, of course, for most of us is a pretty, a pretty tall order. So that's what you're really learning at the club, how to systematically think about other people. So what's the structure to go to a Toastmasters meeting? What am I seeing? Well, there might be somewhere between 8 and 25 people sitting in a room, and they have a very tidy structure beginning with, you know, an introduction. And I don't even have it exactly right, but, like, there's the joke of the week, the word of the week. And then you go around and do these short exercises where someone will throw out topics. Like, Michael, talk about pizza, and you have 60 to 120 seconds to talk about pizza. You've got to stand up, face the group, collect your thoughts, and make sense, which is surprisingly difficult on the, on the spot like that. And then they move on to prepared speeches, and whoever wants to give a prepared speech will do that. And each of the speech exercises drills in you a certain technique or technical thing to focus on, which nobody knows about anymore, but these are the things that teach you how to do public speaking. So, for example, you know, body language or word choice or speech organization or tightening the purpose of your speech. These are all these different techniques that they teach. How long do you have to do the speech? I think the intro ones are five to seven minutes. and then No, the no, 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 no. The one where they give you the word and you've got to run with it. Oh, 60, you know, one, one to two minutes. All right, give me one. Oh, like, do you think you fit your astrological sign? Give me another one. Guitars. I wish I could play a guitar. 
I wish I could play a guitar. I am such a music aficionado, especially classic rock, which is a reflection, I think, of the time period in which I was raised. And I'm someone who grew up doing something that is a lost art called reading liner notes. We used to sit in our rooms and try and figure out the meaning of different songs and looked up to individuals like Jimmy Page, thinking he had all the answers, and if only he could unlock them for the rest of us. It's not that he had a pen in his hand. It's that he had a guitar. And yes, I did once take lessons, but I was all thumbs. And much to my consternation, because I sat with my three sons, much my junior, and they picked it up instantly. If there's one thing I could learn how to do in life, it would be to learn how to play a guitar. How'd I do? Pretty good. That was really, really good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think you would rock up a lot of votes for that. Hey, how many seconds was it, TC? Did I I I hit a minute? I was right under. It was like like 55. Oh, I had five seconds to burn. Mm -hmm. Steve, you were doing really well before that. John John Bow says, today, with a little preparation, I can give a speech without shame, alienation, or wishing I'd said every word differently. This is much written about, John, the, the issue of people really, really have a hang-up and great anxiety about the idea of public speaking. Your book is about much, much more than that. But on the subject of why that's the case, what's your thought? I mean, I could give you a few answers, but one of the short answers is that the way we think about this stuff now is pretty dumb. The way that the ancient Greeks taught it, and they taught it for 2,000 years because they realized people need to learn how to talk to each other, or as individuals and as a society, it's, it's terrible. People need to be able to connect and talk to each other. So they taught it in a completely different way. The way we teach it now is like there's something wrong with your personality, Right. The reason somebody can't do this stuff is because they're anxious or they lack confidence. And so you sort of go around thinking, well, I'm, I'm just somebody who can't do this. Other people, Michael Mercona, she seems pretty good at it, but I just have a kind of personality that doesn't allow me to do that. And that's just completely wrong. If you learn these basic steps, you can do it. There's almost no one who can't do it. And I'm a good example, actually. I'm Exhibit A there. In Toastmasters, were you... I get the impression that that you were continually surprised that a person would stand up and take the mantle, so to speak, and to look at them from the outside, you'd never know the gift that they had or didn't have. In other words, you you can't really judge a book by its cover when it comes to this subject. Is that fair? I think that's totally fair. I mean, again, to go back to the Greeks, they sort of understood that what we call personality or communication is kind of an art form. And it's composed of all these different parts and skills that you can learn. And that sounds really outlandish to modern people. Like, I'm just supposed to be authentic all the time and shoot from the hip, even if I'm terrible at it. Well, if you can't really say what you mean, it's hard to say that you're being really authentic, right? So for me, I would do these books. I would write on a book for years and then go and do my speaking tour or whatever. And I was terrible at talking about my own work. You would think that I was very boring and dispassionate and not that interesting. When, in fact, you know, I really care deeply about my subject, and I knew a lot about it. So for me to not be able to say what I mean is a really inauthentic way to be in the world. And I had to learn these skills, like organizing my speech and fine-tuning the purpose of my speech or figuring out how to stand and what to do with my hands. And learning all that stuff didn't make me inauthentic. It made me be able to speak up 
you know, and say what I have to say in the world. I think the reason that it's such an important subject and you address this is the fact that we are raising a generation that are spending a lot of times in their rooms and communicating through electronics and are in many respects devoid of human interaction the way that it was a large part of my upbringing and yours. Um, And never perhaps has there been such a need to make sure you can communicate like there is today. Is that a bit uh, overdramatic? No, 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 no. I think, you know, especially now during the pandemic, the keynote of this whole thing is disconnection, right? Everybody is isolated from everybody. Everybody's trying to have these Zoom meetings and make it happen over technology. And it's really, really hard. It's really hard to have good, meaningful communication and to not waste a lot of time on the technical stuff and the fumbling. So add that to what you just mentioned about kids and everybody else being on their devices. Yeah, the art of just saying to somebody what you're trying to say without being vague or unclear or annoying or rushed or whatever, it's really hard. But if you, I mean, I came across a statistic. The average American speaks 16 to 20,000 words a day. So it's not like speech is going away. And if you think about everything important that you're going to get in life, whether it's love or asking somebody out on a date or talking to your kids or getting along with your coworkers, it's based on your ability to speak well. If you act like a jerk or you're annoying or you're unclear, nobody gets you. So that, all of that stuff doesn't work very well. So the idea that we go to school for you know, 12 to 20 years and don't get taught that seemed to me to be very crazy. There are people who are listening to this conversation who are saying it's an innate skill and I don't have it. And to them, you say... This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius X. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive 
then takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. There are people who are listening to this conversation who are saying, it's an innate skill and I don't have it. And to them, you say, quote, learning to speak in public has nothing to do with overcoming shyness or changing your personality, it's a technical skill that nearly anyone can acquire. Convince us. Okay, let's say that you want to be a pilot, and you sit down at the controls of a plane, knowing nothing, and you feel anxious, right? Because you're supposed to fly a plane, maybe there are people in it, you realize you don't know how to do it. If someone just said, Michael, let's give you a beta blocker, and that'll calm you down, and then you'll be able to fly the plane, you'd say, well, no, that's crazy, because you still didn't teach me to fly the plane. So as hard as it is to get your head around it, speech is the same thing. We all know how to talk in everyday life, but speaking in public is a completely different language. You have to think of it as a second language. So the reason you can't do it isn't because you're emotionally, you know, you're uptight or you're this or you're that. It's because no one taught you how to do it. But if someone shows you how to operate the levers, I think that almost anyone in the modern world can learn to do it. Hey, John, the book is called I Have Something to Say, Mastering the Art of Public Speaking in an Age of Disconnection. It really is not a book, uh, my takeaway, my review, it's really not a book uh, about teaching you how to deliver a good speech. Although, in the appendix, you lay out the tips. I kind of got the impression you, you did that because you thought many will have an expectation that you're going to provide that. You don't have to comment yeah. on that. Um, but I want, to, I want to tell people that you were assigned for a, a New York Times magazine piece to cover the world championship of public speaking. And that's really what got you led down this road. True? True. Okay. So when I ask John Bowe, with your now trained eye, who's the best who is the best public speaker you've seen? Is there anyone who's top of mind? No, because I think it depends on who the audience is. You know, I'm always impressed by Oprah. You can throw Oprah into any situation, and she figures out a way to stay on topic and be really human, and she doesn't go all over the place. But she's, she's just one example. There are a lot of great examples. I mean, 
trying to think of the best talker. Steve doesn't Jobs have to be a celebrity, really but I don't. I don't even mean a celebrity. I mean like, holy smokes! I was at a meeting on this one day, and this woman stood up and she delivered a stem winder or something like that—an epiphany moment. Any of those? Okay, this is a reach because I'm blanking a little bit right now. But the former governor of Texas, Ann Richards, did yes. a speech in the '80s at some Democratic national Absolutely. convention. Absolutely. For my money, it's one of the best speeches ever. Poor pro. Yeah, poor George. He can't help it. He was born with a silver foot in his mouth. Something like that. Yeah, I remember you know it. Bands, you know when bands say, like, Akron, we love you, and the crowd right. roars, even yes. though they know that the band yeah. said that the night before <laughs> in Dayton yeah. and the night before in wherever, yes. Toledo. Yes, okay, yes. She does that at the beginning of the speech in a way that just revs up her audience. That is, she does it better than anyone I've ever heard. And it's just these... I mean, I guess the word dog whistles might not be the right thing, but just things that show, hey, people, I know who you are. I know where you live. And in a way, it embodies the essence of public speaking better than anything I've seen. Connectivity. It's all about connectivity. What One more uh, uh, from you. Quote, when in doubt about what to say, slow down and say the most obvious, easy thing that comes to mind and focus on pronouncing your words fully and clearly. That's a good takeaway. <laughs> Thank you. I, it's funny because writing the book taught me how to do it better. I had to articulate all of these principles that no one had really articulated sure. in that way. So now I do the same thing. I learned from that tip, too. When in doubt on a radio interview, say, you know, if you're, if you're sure. blanking, it's just a great clarifying exercise. Hey, is there any any value to reading Aristotle's Ars Rhetorica? I've never done it. You're obviously well-versed in these things. Uh, I know that the Greeks own the subject matter. For, for someone like me who speaks for a living, is that time well spent? No. He okay. is the most brilliant person to ever write about public speaking, and yet he's the world's worst teacher at it. Everything that he says <laughs> okay. took me years to... I just had to stare at it for years to figure out what he was talking about. And sure. he talked about it more brilliantly than anyone else. But you, There are a couple of sentences. He has one thing that says, the audience is the beginning and the end of public speaking. And you could stare at that sentence for two years before <laughs> you unpack all of the meaning in it. You need a teacher to walk you through it. All right. I'll read your book instead. I've already read your book. Hey, John, thank you so much. It's, I've, it's in my Twitter feed, and I, I highly recommend it. It's called I Have Something to Say, Mastering the Art of Public Speaking in an Age of Disconnection. Thank you, John. Well, thanks so much, Michael. John Bowe is the, uh, the author. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen 
gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.